if you are a fan of hockey, we might have some good news for you here. There's going to be an announcement at City Hall about an hour from now. And the word on the street, according to their media alert um, press release, is that there's this, there are plans for the world's biggest hockey arena located here in Toronto and possibly an NHL expansion team. And that'll be revealed today at City Hall in about an hour. Here to talk about it is a guy who I was really impressed with. You've probably heard him filling in for Alex Pearson on point for the last two nights. His name is Greg Brady. He's a sports broadcaster and um, I'm part of the 640 Toronto family. Greg, nice to meet you. I am all those things, and I'm a big fan of your work, Kelly. And I'll tell you what, I'm happy to be on because you're distracting me, uh, not just from eating my kids' candy, but I had five or six shingles fly off my roof last night. I found them beside my house. I mean, first-world problems. But these things are glued down with, like, rubber cement from elementary school. Like, I'm not going to disparage the company that did this, but you're, I'm so happy to talk to you because all I'm going to do is think about how I'm getting my roof repaired over the next few days. Maybe there's a contractor that's listening that will give me a break. I don't know. Yeah, you're probably not alone. I think a lot of people. I mean, uh, that was one windy night last night. Uh, yeah, not uh, not thrilled. But, but, again, if they could just, just add an extra layer of scotch tape next time. And I think I'm safe. I just, this has happened three times in the last uh, two years. But this is uh, this is the climate we live in now, isn't it? So, speaking of climates, our national sport, hockey, Everybody loves hockey, or do they? Like, is there actually room for a the world's biggest hockey arena in Toronto? I, I don't mean physically room, but are we not moving away from hockey and into other sports, you know, embracing sports like basketball and football, soccer? Well, some of, that is, some of that's the population. You're right. The demographics have changed. There was a lot of debate. You'd remember it. I'm sure you did it on your show in June when the Raptors were we're making their big run to the NBA Finals, and they beat a, an iconic, you know, dynasty, really, like Golden State. People are asking, hey, is the NBA now bigger than the NHL? I, I don't think so yet, but but they've they've shaved the margin down, that's for sure. I think the I think the question, um, and, and I think you got at it with me, was was could Toronto support two teams? And that depends on the price point of the tickets. Now, when they built the Air Canada Center and opened it up in '99. A lot of people said, where's all the seats? It, it, it's, it's only about eight, the eighth biggest arena in the NHL. Chicago's bigger. Detroit was bigger at the time. Um, so they've built bigger stadiums, uh, bigger arenas for the NHL since then. The great, what I'm dying to see today is where's the, where are they proposing this to be? Uh, how many seats are they proposing? And again, you know what? We have heard these ideas before. We have heard the concept that there'd be a second Toronto team in the suburbs. So I'm sure your audience is asking, I'm asking, you're asking, why is this announcement in the city proper? Why is it at City Hall? Where could they put a 20, 22,000-seat hockey arena? And, and I think multi-purpose at that, is it going to try and steal concerts away from Scotiabank Arena? Where are they going to put that in the city of Toronto? It's I'm thinking Downsview. Yeah, it's got to be way north. I know there was talk in Markham way back when about a second team. And, again, I'll believe the arena when I see it. And I will tell you, I think it's easier to build the arena, way, way easier to build an arena than it would be to find an NHL tenant. They're adding Seattle to the league uh, in the next two years. That'll make them even 32 teams, 16 in each conference. So I don't think there's going to be another expansion team. A team would have to move, and the Toronto Maple Leafs would ask for a lot of money, a lot of money in territorial rights. Like, I mean, maybe close to a billion dollars 
for that team, for that second team to arrive in Toronto and start taking into their market share. I don't have many details on this because I think they want to keep a lot of it under wraps until the mayor announces things in about an hour's time. But they, they say the development and a 25,000 capacity hockey arena would help fund the, the salaries and proposed uh, proposed for a women's national hockey league. Is there appetite for that? Well, certainly not to that not to that capacity of seats. That's for sure. I, I think, and the WNBA has realized this. The WNBA uh, has thrived in, in many markets in the U.S., but they're they're doing well, selling out eight thousand and nine thousand seat venues. Uh, I just I don't think at any price point for women's professional hockey. I think we go crazy. I love watching Canada USA hockey. I love watching Olympic hockey. Uh, it's another thing, and, and we just saw the, the league fold up the CWHL just under a year ago. Um, so my issue is there's 365 days in a year. If you fill it with, even if you even all falls together, all the all the dominoes fall where they're supposed to, and you can fill it with with a hockey game 50 nights a year. If you've got playoffs and exhibition games, what are you doing the other 300 nights? Because there's a building in Quebec City that can maybe host 30, 40 concerts a year. But they've been waiting for an NHL team, and they've been passed over twice for Las Vegas, which has been a big success, and Seattle, like I said, which is coming in two years. I don't even know if Toronto would push ahead of Quebec City in line for a finished arena waiting for a new team. And remember, we have a team. Quebec City does not. They lost theirs in 1995. Uh, they say this will be the first of its kind mixed-use development. It'll be worth about $5 billion. So mixed-use, it's like you said, how do you fill it with hockey the whole time? Well, you don't. What about, I've, I've heard that a lot of these uh, smaller arenas that aren't being used as much will be changed into skate parks. Yeah, I mean, that's possible, but it, it, yeah, how many pads are, are you looking at for, uh, you know, for either public skating or for recreation? That, that's a huge bill. Like anybody who's ever been involved in city politics or, or municipal planning knows when they build an arena, because there's demand out, out in the suburbs where I live or even downtown where the real estate's more expensive, it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle to make ends meet, and, and yeah, they can, they can have full rinks constantly. But you can only charge the you know the common uh, uh, Joe or Jane so much to have their kids play or for them to play beer league hockey at 11 o'clock at night. They're going to need a flashier tenant than that to sell seats for, for games that actually people want to see. Yeah, I hear that it'll include the world's biggest hockey arena and nonprofit museum. And, uh, of course, it'll be the proposal from the NHL expansion team. There'll also be an education center featuring champions of civil rights. Are they, do, Is it possible that they're trying to fit too much into what is going to be a very big space? Well, there's a touch of that. But I, I, you, you reading those things tells me um, nonprofit museum is a non-starter in terms of what? Profit. Like, it, I'm not seeing other, I'm not hearing other things that are going to, bring in revenue like you think about how busy Scotiabank Arena is you I, I used to go through Union Station all the time uh in, in the last 10 years when it was Air Canada Center when it was Scotiabank Arena um and uh and you try and guess what event was on at Scotiabank Arena but because you just you'd guess by the demo you'd be like oh it looks like the Cure's playing there tonight there's a yeah. lot of black hair and a lot of goth makeup but you would get you'd have a guess at it because it's full 280 nights of the year with the Leafs and the Raptors and Toronto Rock and concerts and and speakers, and I, I just I don't know of a second major arena. People like that arena. They like the central location. This gets debated all the time with Rogers Center, doesn't it? If we wanted a new baseball stadium, where's a better place to put it than where the current baseball stadium is to get everybody there? There is no better place. So it, it doesn't. I, I just worry that uh, that a second Toronto team. Of course, the tickets would sell and people would go, but it could be a long, long time before somebody picks up stakes. I know we've got three NFL teams moving the last four years, and 
that league, if it's not the most popular league on the planet compared to a couple other soccer leagues, it's, it's pretty damn close. So I, I just I, I think they'll be waiting a long time like Quebec is, like Kansas City is. Kansas City's at an NHL-ready arena, and they'd hope to move the New York Islanders there 15 years ago, and they're still waiting. Wow. When it comes to hockey arenas, I mean, you know better than I would. Is, is bigger going to be better? Because the Scotiabank had to be built at, at that capacity for a reason. I mean, yeah, beyond just footprint. Yeah, I remember the, 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 the debate at the time was, do we, we can't build up anymore, uh, but can we build out? But I also think they knew two things. One, the Toronto Maple Leafs have a price point that, uh, that you, can, you can go pretty high. They've had, along with the New York Rangers, because of the American dollar, they've had the highest or second highest ticket prices in the league since they've moved in. They tend not to go down. They tend to only go up. Uh, and it's an investment. It's a, it's a mortgage payment to take a family of four to, uh, to a Maple Leafs game. And you hear people bragging all the time about driving across the Peace Bridge to Buffalo to go to games or down even to Detroit where it's cheaper to go than ever because the Red Wings aren't a very good team and haven't been for a while. So, you know, there's this comparative shopping with your entertainment dollar. Everybody's, everybody's got, you know, it's opportunity cost. If you spend money on this thing, you won't spend it on another. My concern with a bigger arena is, yeah, the site, if you build out, you, they're going to look like the players are going to look like ants on a bar of salt. It's not going to work. You're going to have to bring binoculars, and you only should have to bring that to giant soccer stadiums for World Cup matches or, or eighty thousand seat NFL stadiums. The, the thing where Scotiabank has has made its money is the price of the actual ticket, the suites, the concessions, the parking, the merchandise, and every. You think well, every team makes money on that, but again, the Leafs charge a little bit more. Why? Because they can. And I don't know if a second team right away, even if it, again, if it were all were all fall together in the next decade or 12 years, because I think that's how long they'd be waiting for another team to move. I, I don't know that they'll be able to charge what the Leafs charge. Some people would become fans of that team right away. Absolutely they would. But I don't know that they'll they'll sell and quite make the money on the side like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, because the Leafs, it's not just about, you know, the team now. It's about the heritage. It's about what you remember. The nostalgia factor is heavy when you talk to a Leafs fan. You know, I used to watch those games with my grandpa. And, you know, uh, the grandfather, oh, yeah, I used to watch it with the dad. It You know, it's multi-generational. It, it, it's got to have some heritage to it. My quick example would be the fact there was no NFL team. In, the NFL is massive in the U.S., as I mentioned, but there was no team in Los Angeles for the better part of 20 years. The L.A. Rams had moved to St. Louis, and they had success there, and the L.A. Raiders moved back down to Oakland, who are going to move to Las Vegas uh, after this season. So now there's two teams in Los Angeles, but everybody's a Rams fan because there's heritage there. It, it's sort of like it is with you know Nike and Adidas. Uh, like First in usually wins. It works that way. It works that way with uh, with Coke and Pepsi, right? It, it, it works that way with automakers. Like, the L.A. Rams had some heritage in Los Angeles. The L.A. Chargers do not, and they're definitely the, uh, the little brother of the two L.A. teams. The second team here, unless they were a massive success, I'll get the Quebec Nordiques moved to Colorado. They acquired Patrick Waugh. They had a few Hall of Famers and Joe Sackey and Peter Forsberg, and they won the Stanley Cup their first year in Denver. Look at what Vegas did. Like, if you can get in and win right away, unlike, the, you know, say, the Atlanta Thrashers or the Minnesota Wild, then you can really come in on fire uh, as opposed to a slow build, and you might challenge the Leafs in the marketplace a little bit. Some people might convert. It may be great games to attend, but I think we're a long, long way up. I'm as fascinated as you to see what this announcement's about to do. But that will also cost a lot of money. Like, you have to be, have the money to win right away. Uh, well, this is, you're right. There's a salary cap. You can build the infrastructure, so they're going to be a bit limited, unlike baseball, where you can kind of – the Blue Jays have had their moments where they've really gone all in and spent on free agents and traded for big-money players. But the salary cap, I, I do think, is the one check and balance the, – the check and balances, if you will, to the league. But to build the infrastructure, to build a scouting department, to hire the right 
Babcock right now than they were with the previous probably two or three coaches combined because they know they can't spend any more on players. So you're not wrong about that. The infrastructure of a new team would really matter. But like I said, they're, they're full up. They're, there is no vacancy for expansion. And here's the fees, by the way. Vegas came into the league. Each team uh, in the NHL, the other 29 teams, spent $500 million. They upped the price for Seattle. Everybody but Vegas gets in on the expansion fee. That's $650 million the Seattle owners had to pay to 30 different teams. So you're walking in and you've got a $20 million check waiting when your season begins when there's an expansion team. But I don't know that they're going to put any more than 32 in. You'd dilute the talent in the league probably too much. There's some uh, breaking Leafs news. I don't know if you've heard about this, but The Athletic is reporting that Doug Gilmore is returning to the Leafs as community representative. What do you think of that? Well, that's interesting. Doug's been up in Kingston for a while now. He's a very iconic person in in our city and and in our country, let alone. So uh, they use Wendell Clark in that capacity. They use Daryl Sittler. If I go to Leafs games, you're always going to see a Wendell Clark or Daryl Sittler around. I think that's only a positive. Um, Doug was an assistant coach at one point for the Toronto Marlies. I, and he's been the GM and head coach uh, at different times. He's been the GM in Kingston with the Frontenacs with the Ontario Hockey League team. But I think there's some intrigue there with, with Doug maybe being a little closer to the Maple Leafs. I don't think it means much in terms of their on-ice product, but I think Leafs fans would be happy to see Doug Gilmore around a lot more. We haven't seen him quite as much in the last five, six years since he moved to Kingston. Greg, it's a pleasure having you on the, on the program. You've been listening to Greg Brady. He's a sports broadcaster and now one of our lineup here at 640 Toronto. Are you uh, going to be filling in anytime soon? I know you've been on for Alex for the last two nights and you've been doing great. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. Uh, I, uh, I, I would think there's uh, opportunities uh, next week. I think I'm filling in for, uh, for Alan Carter. I sure hope Alan Carter knows that. <laughs> Wouldn't it be, well, I was just thinking, you know what, I might have just opened a can of worms. Like Maybe it's like, yeah, I'm filling in for you, Kelly, for uh, next week, and then they don't know when for how long. Yeah, we don't know when you'll be back. Yeah. We, want, we want you to get all your Christmas shopping in, we want you to plan your New Year's party, and uh, just knock on the door around January 15th or so. No, I, I think I'm filling in for Alan on a couple occasions mm-hmm. next week and the week after, and uh, and that's that's great. Um, it's uh, the, the noon hour is... Uh, it suits me a little bit better in terms of my uh, my body clock, yeah. uh, but either way, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure to be on the last couple nights. Everyone's been wonderful. I worked for Chorus at AM640 for a few years, mm-hmm. uh, back around 2009, 2010, and um, everybody's been wonderful, so it's been happy to be in a, in a familiar building with familiar faces. Well, uh, I'll see your face next week then. Awesome, Kelly. Thanks very much for having me on. All right, cheers. Thanks so much for your expertise. Always appreciate it. Uh, Greg Brady is a sports broadcaster and a member of the 640 Toronto family. You'll hear him next week, as you just said. And uh, just giving us the what he knows or his thoughts on the plans for the world's biggest hockey arena. That's that's going to be the subject of this announcement that Meritori will make at 12 o'clock at City Hall and a possible NHL expansion team to be revealed for the city of Toronto. Are we ready for two teams? Really? All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. It's Global News Radio 640 Toronto.